Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. My respectful pronouns to Sami Sarvadevanandji, Mahayoganandji, and pronounced to Vyad Mataji's and your devotees. Very happy to be here. I have been looking for an opportunity to come here. And I got the opportunity of attending the whole night Kali Puja here. So happy to be. So my topic today I chose as Bhagavad Gita Four Fundamental Questions. A few years ago, maybe uh, four years ago, when I was in India, Yamshitpur, a thought occurred to me that why it is so that we read something, we think we have understood, but when it comes to explaining it to others, we find it difficult. Where is the problem? I was suffering from this problem, especially if there is, it is an abstract subject, if it is philosophical, difficult to communicate to others. We think that we have understood it very well, but when it comes to making it available to others, to communicate to others, why we find it difficult? So I thought that something has to be done, something needs to be done about that. So I was searching and I got one online course, free online course. And the name of the course was Learning How to Learn. And the course was offered, guess by who? University of California, San Diego. (laughs) At that time, there was no question of my coming to California. Anyway, I enrolled the course, uh, through course era, about which probably you already know. And it was really an eye-opener for me uh, that the course discusses how we can learn things better and so that we can have clear concepts about what we are learning. In the study material, I mean in the materials of the course, there were two important topics. I mean, they discussed two important modes of learning. One is diffused mode of learning and another is focused mode of learning. If we want to make our learning effective, we need to use both of these methods. Diffuse learning and focused learning. Diffuse learning is preparing our mind before we study something. Contextualize the matters and then go into the details of the subject. And going details to the subject step by step in logical way is the focused mode of learning But before that, when we prepare our mind from what we already know and from what we are going to know, 
that mode of learning is called diffused mode of learning. Uh, it can be understood better by an example. Suppose we don't know a place and we open Google map, then we first try to locate that place in a broad area or region. That can be compared with diffused learning when we are trying to locate or contextualize the subject in a broader frame of knowledge. And then when we have located the place, you mean see details about the place. That may be compared to focused learning. And the course taught me that before studying any book, it is good to prepare our mind about what we are going to study. What is the subject matter of the book? Who is this book meant for? And what this book is going to give me? Asking this type of questions make our mind more receptive to what we are going to learn. And the learning will be more effective. So I was so happy that not about the method itself, but finding that such a method existed in Indian traditional scriptural learning for many centuries. Many centuries. And asking these four fundamental questions is what is recommended at the beginning of the study of any text. So in my talk today, the introduction was rather lengthy, I should say. So in my talk today, I would like to share with you what these four fundamental questions that in traditional Indian scriptural learning we ask and how these four questions can be applied to the most celebrated Hindu text, Bhagavad Gita. Okay. So traditionally, whenever one student starts learning a text, a scripture, it is the role of the guru or the teacher or the commentator to at the very beginning clarifies these four fundamental questions. These four questions, fundamental questions are called Anubandha Chatushtaya. Ch Chatushtaya means four, Anubandha means connections. Anubadnati iti Anubandha. That means these four questions connect the student with the text as if keep the student hooked to the subject. And these four fundamental questions are Adhikari. Adhikari means who is competent to study this text? For whom this text is meant for? Then Prayojana. Prayojana means purpose or goal. What is the goal of this text? There is a saying in Sanskrit, Prayojana Manudishwa even a fool does not undertake any action if there is no purpose. 
So the second question is, what is the purpose of the text? And third question is, bishaya means subject matter. What is the theme or subject matter of the text? And the fourth one is, sambandha, connections. Connection between the subject matter and the purpose. How the subject matter of the text will lead one to the purpose it is supposed to serve. Okay, these are the four fundamental questions. Now, let me give one example. Some of you probably have read Patanjali Yoga Sutras. So, if you just take the second and third aphorism of Patanjali Yoga Sutras, these four questions are answered there. Not explicitly, but implicitly. Okay. The second sutra is Yogaha Chittavritti Nirodha. Yoga is the complete cessation of thought waves. And the third aphorism is Tada Drashtuhu Sarupe Avasthanam. At that time, the seer abides in their true nature. So if we ask the fundamental questions, four fundamental questions, we get the answer from first two aphorism itself. And the commentators explain, it is the role of the commentators to show clearly at the very beginning from the text itself, uh, answers to these four questions. So what is the subject matter of yoga, Patanjali Yoga Sutra? Chittavritti Nirodha, the complete cessation of thought waves, or we may say, the control of the mind. Prayajanam, purpose, drashtuhu sarupe avasthanam, to abide by in our true nature. To know our true nature, we need to practice Chittavritti Nirodha or which is yoga, okay? So, vishaya, subject matter, and prayojana, purpose. For whom, who is adhikari? Those who want to know their true nature, right? And what is the sambandha, connection, between the subject matter and the purpose of yoga? When Chittabritti are controlled when the thought waves are controlled, then since there is nothing for the soul or the purusha to be aware of, it abides in its true nature. And technically that is called kaivalya. Kevala sabhavaha iti kaivalya. Being alone being independent, being autonomous. So that is the connection between Chittavitti Nidadha or Yoga and its goal Kaivalla. Okay. Likewise, if we take Bhagavad Gita, what are the answers to these four questions? That, for that, we need to look at the introduction of Bhagavad Gita by 
Acharya Shankara. So those who don't have time to read the entire Gita can read the introduction by Shankaracharya. So this is the beauty of his introductions to all the Upanishads and Brahma Sutra and Bhagavad Gita. Only in a few paragraphs he summarizes the entire teaching of Upanishad or Brahma Sutra or Bhagavad Gita. And his introduction to Bhagavad Gita, which is called Upadghataha, is a masterpiece. So simple language, but so clear and it is really elegant. Those uh, who cannot read the original Sanskrit may refer to the English version. And one thing more, before Shankaracharya wrote the commentary on Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita was not an independent scripture. It was considered part of Mahabharata. Since he wrote a commentary on Bhagavad Gita, it became an independent scripture. This we should really know about. This introduction of Bhagavad Gita, there are only six paragraphs. Only six paragraphs in Shankaracharya's introduction to Bhagavad Gita. And in the first three paragraphs, he contextualizes the Bhagavad Gita in the entire scheme of life. And in the next three paragraphs, he summarizes the teachings of Bhagavad Gita and answers the four fundamental questions, the Anubandha Chatushta. Instead of going through the entire introduction, I would share with you only the salient points of the introduction. Okay? So he said that the Lord created the cosmos. And to ensure its existence, he imparted two types of dharma to two types of people. Thus such as thitim jikishu prabhitti lakshanam dharma grahayo maso vedvaktam tataha anna ancha nibritti lakshanam dharma gyano viragya lakshanam grahaya maso. It means that he imparted Prabhitti Lakshana Dharma to a handful of, handful of people and Nibritti Lakshana Dharma to another handful of people. What is Prabhitti Lakshana Dharma? Prabhitti means, pra means towards vritti, action, active life. And Nibritti means away from action and contemplative life. So, the Lord created the cosmos and imparted these two types of teachings, Prabhitti Lakshana and Nibhitti Lakshana. And both are Vedoktam. Both are Vedic. Both are needed for society and for individual life too. We need both these two types of Dharma. It is not desirable that in a society 
everybody would be leading a contemplative life and it is not also desirable that everybody will live only an active life right and also in individual life one should first con- complete the pravritti lakshana dharma and when they are satisfied with their duties in life then only they should take to nibbitti lakshana dharma or contemplative life so pravritti lakshana dharma is meant for abhuddaya means our individual excellence or the better term would be one is abhuddha means personal excellence and nibritti lakshana dharma means for nisreyasha for the highest good okay in other words pravritti lakshana dharma takes care of the three goals called dharma artha and kama righteousness wealth and pleasure and nibritti lakshana dharma takes care of moksha liberation and both these two types of dharmas are vedic both are needed then he said that with the lapse of time practitioners of both the dharmas were overpowered by cravings practitioners of both the types of dharmas were overpowered by cravings dirgheno kaleno anusthatrinam kamod bhavat and since they were overpowered by cravings adharma increased and it overpowered the dharma hyomane viveko gyano hetukeno adharmeno abhibhuyomane dharme pravardhamane cha adharme so what happened it started well two types of people one type of people are leading pravritti lakshana dharma for their individual prosperity and another group of people leading contemplative life and seeking moksha or liberation but with the passage of time their ideals became diluted and since their ideals became diluted adharma overpowered and when adharma overpowers dharma what happens yada yadai dharmas yeah whenever there is a decline in dharma then the lord appears to restore the dharma then the eternal lord to reestablish the vedic dharma appeared as krishna and for the welfare of the entire world he taught the two kinds of dharmas to arjuna so arjuna was the medium through which he wanted to teach the entire humanity the two types of dharmas which were beginning to lose which we are about to lose and what is the characteristics of arjuna arjuna was who was submerged in grief 
who was submerged in grief as you as all of us know that in kurukshetra before the war began suddenly arjuna was overpowered by grief and he could not decide what to do shoko moho mahadadhau nimagno who was submerged in a ocean of shoka means grief and moha delusion that how can i fight with the people who are my own relatives so he was submerged in grief so here is the hint for adhikari who for whom bhagavad gita is meant for one who is submerged in grief who is not <laughs> all of us <laughs> yeah so all of us are adhikari or competent for bhagavad gita and one thing more very interesting madhusudan sarasati analyzes this point that arjuna had two types of grief one is a general one is particular the particular is about being in war and how to war against people who are our own that is a particular grief but he had a general grief or an existential grief he did not know his true nature so until we know our true nature until we know our spiritual dimension of the personality we will be in grief there will be sorrow and so for all of us who have not realized our full spiritual potential we are adhikari for bhagavad gita so this is the answer to the first question for whom bhagavad gita is meant for then shankaracharya says very humbly tam dharmam bhagavata yatha upadishtam गीताख्यै सप्तभी श्लोकशतैही उपनिवबन्ध तत् इदं गीताशास्त्रं समस्त वेदार्थ सार संग्रह भूतं अहं विवेकेतः संक्षेपेतः विवरणं करिष्यामि दिस टीचिंग्स ऑफ लॉर्ड टू अर्जुन वेयर कॅप्चर्ड इन 700 वर्सेस and those 700 verses called bhagavad gita is the essence of entire vedas and there is lot of confusion regarding the meaning of bhagavad gita so i will try to explain it to the best of my capacity this is what shankaracharya says so this is important how gita gita is the essence of entire vedas so madhusudan saraswati in his commentary writes something very interesting he says that uh, probably we know that vedas had three parts 
they are called karmakanda upasana and gyanakanda karmakandas means those part of the vedas which speak about duties rights actions and the gyanakanda is the upanishads which speaks about our true nature or the philosophy the philosophy of the vedas and bridging these two is upasana or meditation so these are the three parts of vedas that is what scholars say and madhusudan sarasvati say that the first chapter six chapters of bhagavad gita are correspond to the karmakandas of vedas because here shri krishna tells arjuna to do your duty do your duty through duty alone you will reach through doing your duty alone you will reach the highest and the next six chapters correspond to upasana meditation of the vedas and the last six chapters correspond to gyanakanda the vedanta of the vedas again he says that the first six chapters correspond to tvam you know the vedic dictum tat tvamasi thou art that so first six chapters are about thou your true nature next six chapters are that about the nature of god and the last six chapters want to show their identity tat tvamasi that is what madhusudan sarasvati uh, how he analyzes bhagavad gita it's very interesting so then shankaracharya says that i would try to explain it the bhagavad gita to the best of my capacity and then he says what is the purpose or prayojana of bhagavad gita he says तस्स गीताशास्त्रस्व संक्षेपतः प्रयोजनम परम निश्रेयसम द गोल ऑफ भगवदगीता इज स्पिरिचुअल एमांसिपेशन दैट इज द गोल ऑफ भगवदगीता टोटल सजेशन फ्रॉम द ट्रांसमाइग्रेटरी एक्सपीरियंस सो वॉट इज द परम निश्रेयस to knowing our true nature to know that we are satchit ananda we are existence knowledge and bliss and we are fulfilled we don't need anything external to become fulfilled we are already fulfilled to know that to realize that is nisreesha and we also say that moksha so our knowing our full spiritual potential of realizing our spiritual nature is the goal of bhagavad gita that is prayojana so that is the answer to the second question or uh, what is the prayojana purpose of bhagavad gita and what was the vishaya he stated earlier vishaya or subject matter is what sri krishna taught arjuna what sri krishna taught arjuna 
टू टाइप्स ऑफ धर्मज प्रवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म निवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म दीज टू आर दी सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ भगवत गीता सो हाउ टू हैव एक्सलेंस इन आवर ओन लाइफ एंड हाउ टू नो आवर स्पिरिचुअल नेचर दिस टू आर दी सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ भगवत गीता एंड दी पर्पज इज टू रियलाइज आवर ट्रू नेचर नाउ रिमेन द फोर्थ का क्वेश्चन टू बी आंसर्ड वॉट इज द कनेक्शन बिटवीन दी टू टाइप्स ऑफ धर्म एंड निश्रेयश और स्पिरिचुअल इमेंसिपेशन सो वन इज वेरी प्रिटी सिंपल द निवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म हुईच मीन्स द लीडिंग द कॉन्टेम्पलेटिव लाइफ एवे फ्रॉम एन एक्टिव लाइफ मेडिटेटिंग ऑन अवर ट्रू नेचर और वी मे से फॉलो दी पाथ ऑफ श्रवण मनन निधिध्यासन रीडिंग देन कॉन्टेम्प्लेटिंग एंड मेडिटेटिंग ऑन दी स्क्रिप्चरल डिक्टम्स दैट इज निवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म दैट विल लीड टू निश्रेयश और आवर नोइंग आवर रियलाइजिंग आवर स्पिरिचुअल नेचर बट व्हाट अबाउट प्रवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म व्हाट अबाउट हाउ डूइंग आवर ड्यूटीज डूइंग आवर लीडिंग आवर वर्ल्डली परसूट्स ऑल्सो इट लीड टू आवर स्पिरिचुअल एमेंसिपेशन दैट नीड्स टू बी टोल्ड दैट ही सेज दैट अभ्युदय अर्थ अपी यह प्रवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म ईश्वर अर्पण बुद्धिया अनुष्ठीयम सत्यशुद्धय शुद्ध सत्यस्व ज्ञान निष्ठा योग्यता प्राप्ति दारेण ज्ञानोत्पत्ति हेतुत्न चश्रेयश हेतुत्मी प्रतिपद्यते सो वेन दि प्रवृत्ति लक्षण धर्म दैट इज डूइंग द ड्यूटीज दैट वी आर सपोज टू डू If we perform those duties with the attitude of surrendering them in the feet of Lord, by surrendering their results to God, our mind becomes purified. And when our mind becomes purified in a purified mind, there arises the desire to. no our true nature that desire leads to nishreshah or moksha i i believe uh, most of you have read aparakshan bhuti or attended the classes sami sarvapriyanand ji popularized it so much there the third verse it says that सबर्ण आश्रम धर्मेन तपसा हरितोषनाथ साधन प्रभवेत पुंसा वैराग्यादी चतुष्टयम बाय परफॉर्मिंग वंस ड्यूटीज द ड्यूटी दैट इज हिंदुइजम स्पीक्स ऑफ टू टाइप्स ऑफ ड्यूटीज आश्रम धर्म एंड वट इज द वर्ण वर्ण आश्रम धर्म सो 
duties prescribed by uh, your station of life and duties prescribed by your uh, caste, uh, the kind of duties you are supposed to perform. By performing those duties alone, you will become fit to take up the study of Vedanta. So, that is what Sri Krishna also says here. Uh, Sankaracharya says that, Sri Krishna wants to say that, by performing our duties, by pursuing our worldly goals even, that is dharma, artha and karma. Not pursuing wealth in any, any means I like or not pursuing any kind of pleasure, but those also should be pursued, keeping the dharma in mind, righteously. If we do that, moderately we do that, and with the spirit of surrendering them to God, our mind becomes purified. And when mind becomes purified, there arises in the mind to to the desire to know our true nature, our mumukshattam, and that leads to nisresha. So these are the four questions, the Anubandha Chatushtaya, and this is how Shankaracharya touches upon them in his introduction. So this is a fascinating way of uh, studying any text we are going to read. At the very beginning, if we um, try to find out the, what is the purpose of this text, who is this text meant for, what is the subject matter of the text, and how the subject matter will lead to the purpose of the text, then our study becomes fruitful. And I find that not only in, for any scripture, but also any Studying, before studying any non-fiction, it is helpful to ask these questions. But fiction does not require any question. <laughs> so, before studying any text, this is helpful to ask these four questions. And, and I wanted to share with you how uh, Shankaracharya traces the answer to these four questions in his Brilliant introduction to Bhagavad Gita. Thank you. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.